it is a joy and a pleasure as always to be with you in the house of the Lord on this holiday weekend. Thank you so many of you for coming out. Uh, before we begin worship this morning, let us begin with a word of prayer as we go before the Lord with our praises today. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the freedom to gather here together this morning, to come together and worship you uninhibited. Lord, we pray that this morning you would inhabit the praises of your people, that you would open our hearts, open our minds. Let us hear your voice this morning in new ways. Make this time and this space a sacred time and space where we may encounter you more fully. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy. We come to this place because you are worthy. We are gathered here this morning because you are worthy of all glory and honor and praise. You are worthy of our worship. We are so grateful, Lord. We are so grateful to be gathered into this place to have the freedom to come together and worship on this 4th of July weekend. We are grateful. Lord, it is because of you that we are here. And we know, Lord, that you know everything about us. You know the burdens that we bear, the things that we have brought into this place as we come in even to worship you. We bring stuff with us. And so we want to proclaim that. We want to give it back to you. We lift up the things that are burdening us now and keeping us distracted. Things that keep us from turning all of our attention to your worthiness and to your glory. We silently lift to you right now, Lord, those things that we want to leave at the door so that we can focus all our attention on you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the things that you are doing and continue to do in our midst. Cecile Roberts, we praise you for Karen Prater's a fibroid tumor that has become benign or shown to be benign. But we pray for the surgery that still needs to happen to remove it. We lift up Angela, Rhonda, Eric, James Willoughby, and Carla for healing of cancer. We pray for the Rickerson family. We pray for Tesney and Kelly Tinley as they travel to Gatesville to interview ladies for Rock Bottom Ranch Ministry. We lift up Linda and Eveline from Springfield who have tested positive for COVID. And we lift up Clifford who is also sick. 
Lord, our great physician and healer, we pray for a mighty work. Not just physically, but mentally and spiritually for all who need your touch. We give you praise for what you will do, what you're about to do, what you continue to do. And we come to this place giving you all those things so that we might worship you, O you who are worthy. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being in this place among us. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. forward now. We'd love to invite our children forward for a time uh, just for them, for our children's sermon. Good morning. Miss Cassidy went with us on the uh, mission trip. She's a little sleepy this morning like me. <laughs> she worked very, very hard with all of our kids. Well, good morning, guys. How are y'all? Did any of y'all stay up late last night because you were watching fireworks? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I saw, I saw really big ones. You saw what? I saw really big ones. Really big ones. Okay, guys. So, why do we shoot off fireworks this weekend? Do y'all know? What is it? Because it celebrates God. Because it, it does celebrate God's blessing in this country? Absolutely. What were you going to say? I was going to say because it's 4th of July tomorrow. Because tomorrow is the 4th of July where we get to celebrate our independence. And there's some very exciting things about having a country where we are free to worship God. Where we are free to join together in a church. Because um, did you know that that's not true everywhere? That everywhere in the world they don't always get to come together and, and praise God openly in a church like a beautiful building like this. Aren't we blessed to have such a cool place to get to worship God together? Aren't we so glad we live somewhere where we can do that, where we can praise God and we can do that without having to worry? We can just come and join together. How blessed are we? Pretty cool, right? All right. Are there other fun things that you're blessed with that you want to share this morning before we close in prayer? What's something that you're excited about for this weekend that you are excited we get to do because it's almost Independence Day? Church camp. Church camp starts tomorrow. Yes, we should have lifted up a special prayer for church camp starts tomorrow. Uh, Ms. Kaylee and Ms. Alizé are headed to Lakeview Church Camp this week. It is very exciting. Good for me. Yes. Oh, oh okay. All right. Change your mind. All right, guys. Well, then let's pray. Would you pray with me? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, put your hands together, and would you repeat after me? Dear God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for freedom and all the ways we get to celebrate. We pray a special blessing over Kaylee and Alizé, who are going to church camp. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good job, guys. You can head back to your seats. Let's pray. Lord, may your word be proclaimed through me or perhaps in spite of me. Amen.
So this is a weird thing, isn't it? Let's just, let's just say what is the truth. This is a weird thing. This Methodist itinerant pastor system, uh, pastors moving from place to place, it's a weird thing, right? For four years, some flannel guy named Trey has been standing up here uh, preaching to you and has been your senior pastor. And now here it is, July 3rd, and Trey is no longer your pastor, and he is at some church in Houston, and some weird guy is standing up here who is your pastor and you know nothing about. This is a strange thing for sure. So I thought maybe this morning I would get started by uh, introducing myself, giving you a little bit of background about who I am. My name is Jimmy Calvert. My real name is James Calvert, but I go by Jimmy. I was born and raised in a little town about 45 minutes outside of St. Louis called Washington, Missouri. Uh, I was born and raised in a Baptist church. I went to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and if there was a revival, you were there on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night as well. It just depends. I met my wife, Elena. She is here with us today uh, in that church, and we got married really young. I was 19. She was 18. We were both going to college at Missouri Baptist College at the time. It's now Missouri Baptist University, thanks to our tuition, helped raise the bar. Uh, but it was a college at that point. And out of college, uh, I had this crazy notion to join a Christian rock band. That's what I did. I'm a drummer. And so I toured with this Christian rock band for about 10 years, toured the country. And we played in churches. We played in bars. We played in bowling alleys. We played in barns with goats. <laughs> Literally, in Michigan, I played in a barn. I don't know. We played anywhere that they would let us play. But that season of life came to an end. And, uh, you know, my parents, who are also here, John and Jenny Calvert, they were living in... Uh, yeah, you may, if you haven't met them, make sure you say hi to them um, after church. Uh, they had moved down to Houston uh, several years before, and mom was always saying, boy, it sure would be nice if y'all would maybe move to Houston. And so in 2005, with three small kids in tow, we decided to come down to Houston, and we have been here uh, since then. And uh, so my three kids that we brought, Lyric, Levi, and Lennon, uh, they all live in San Marcos. Lyric and Levi are enrolled at Texas State. Lennon is a musician. He's got the music bug. And so he moved over there, and he is uh, recording music and playing music and doing his thing. But in 2011, uh, we had our bonus baby, our one true Texan, Legend. Now, Legend is here as well. He's raising his little hand. He's a little shy when you get to know him, but Legend loves baseball. Uh, he advanced to uh, the state tournament yesterday over in Center, Texas. Unfortunately, double elimination. They lost both games yesterday. And so uh, Elena and Legend got in very late last night, about 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and I'm sure they're a little bit sleepy. So let's see. What else? What else? What else? We have uh, two dogs, Pickle and Pete. Pete is a fat Dotson. And Pickle is a Chihuahua mix, and, and if you come over to the house, they will probably love you and lick you uh, and bark at you. 
Um, I love to read books. I love to binge Netflix shows with Elena. We watch a lot of Netflix shows. When we find a good one, we blast through it and then wish that we hadn't because then you're out of things to watch. The Chosen, though. Who's doing the Chosen thing on Wednesdays? That's a series, right, that, that's really, really well-produced and binge-worthy. So consider watching that maybe. 6.30 on Wednesdays? Okay, so that, there you go. Um, I like to discover new music. Even though I don't really play music anymore, I put my drumsticks down quite some time ago. Although occasionally I would, I would consider playing again. But uh, uh, I love to discover new music. So if you have a band that I need to hear, please tell me. All genres welcome. I like them all. Uh, and I like to find new and exciting bands. Um, Elena is a yoga instructor. Down in Onalaska, she was teaching three times a week. We'll see what pans out up here. And I recently took up cycling, cycling, long-distance cycling. So one of the goals that I had before I left on Alaska was to ride around the bottom of Lake Livingston, about 60 miles around. I managed to do that, and I didn't die. So that's a good sign. And I've already hit some of the highways here in Palestine. That's great. You guys have a lot of fun places to ride, a lot of hills. Somebody said, oh, you, Davy Dogwood Park. Have you seen the hills over there? I'm not trying that anytime soon. Okay, so in the first service, I said something. I told those folks something that I have not told anybody publicly or privately. I can't say that to you because I told the first service, but you're, you're the second group to hear this, something that I have not said publicly or privately. Are you ready? Elena and I are soon to be grandparents. First-time grandparents, which feels and sounds weird, but it's true. It's happening, and in January, we will be new grandparents, which leads me to the last thing I want to tell you about myself. I found out in Onalaska that for four years, people were wondering how old I was. Nobody ever asked me, but they were all wondering, and they would go to lunch after church and talk about how old I was. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal it, but I'm going to ask you first, how old do you think I am? 58? Okay. 40s? Okay. Younger than Trey. Okay. Any other guesses? Younger than you. Okay. I am 48 years old. 48 years old. I started going gray in high school because I was a rockster. I had to color my hair because it's not cool to be in a rock band with gray hair. And I did that for years and years. And Elena finally said, nobody believes it. Stop. And so I stopped coloring my hair and this is what it looked like. And, you know, really on social media, as you saw my hair growing out, a lot of people were concerned. They were like, what it, did, did legend, is he aging you? What is happening here? Because you're looking really old, really fast. It was just my natural hair was coming out. But I am 48 years old. So now you know a little something about me and my family. But I don't know anything about you all. I don't know anything about you all. Good. Good. I like crazy people. You know, when I was uh, licensed as a local pastor, which by the way, this is kind of a, a fun story. Licensing happens down at Lakeview. I don't know if you all know that, but for licensed local pastors, they go through a two-week school in Lakeview, 
I did that several years ago, and for our closing ceremony, as we departed from licensing school, we came to this church, and Pastor Phil prayed over me. Isn't that cool? So I've been in this church before. I remember thinking, this is like the craziest thing I've ever seen. I went home and told Elaine, there's a church that's on a golf course. you got to see it. Anyway, uh, when I was licensed that year, I went to conference, and Bishop Jones preached this sermon to all pastors who were going out into the field, licensed pastors, commissioned pastors, ordained pastors who were getting ready to start new appointments in new cities, new charges, right? And he preached this sermon, and the sermon was called Know Your Territory. Know Your Territory. Now, what he was talking about in that was uh, the music man. Who's seen the music man? Okay. So it's a, it's a musical movie. And in it, there is this guy named Professor Harold Hill, and he is a traveling salesman. He sells musical instruments. And there is a train full of salesmen, and they're talking about how they're getting ready to go to their various areas to sell their wares. And somebody brings up Harold Hill. Have you heard about this guy who's selling musical instruments? And they said, oh, yeah, he'll never make it. You know why he'll never make it? He doesn't know the territory. He doesn't realize these folks aren't interested in musical instruments. He's never going to make it. Of course, you know, the story unfolds with him. But the point that Bishop Jones was trying to make that night at conference was that as traveling pastors heading into new areas, if you're going to survive in your ministry, you must know your territory. Meaning, you need to know the values of the people you are serving. You need to know what they like, what they don't like, what is important to them, what's not important to them. You need to learn these things. He gave some examples. He said, if your town is a big football town, guess where you need to be on Friday night? You need to be at the football game. If your town has this crazy marshmallow parade where everybody dresses up like big marshmallows and joins in this parade, guess where you need to be? You need to be dressed up like a marshmallow and in the parade. This is part of your job as a good pastor is to know your territory. And it really stuck with me when he preached that sermon. As a young, well, youngish, licensed pastor kind of going into the field for the first time, I thought, I'm going to take that advice to heart. I love Bishop Jones, but it's not an original idea. He didn't come up with something original. Because the Apostle Paul said basically the same thing in his letter to the Corinthian church. I want you to see uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is 19 through 23. This is from the message translation. So it's a, it's a loose translation. But listen to what Paul says here. Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone... I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious people, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did this all because of the message, the gospel message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. 
You see what Paul's saying here, what he's talking about? Paul was adaptable. Paul was flexible. Paul paid attention to his surroundings as he went from town to town to town to preach the gospel message. He paid attention to the values of the people around him, and he adapted. There's a very famous story that is recounted in Acts. Paul was in the city of Athens, not this Athens, but the one in Greece. And he met some Greek philosophers, and they wanted to hear a little bit more about this Jesus Christ. And so they invited him to a place where they all gathered to have these discussions. Do you know what Paul did in that meeting? The first thing he did was he complimented them on how religious they were. He had been paying attention in the city to all the statues, to foreign gods. And he said, boy, you all are really religious folks. You're really striving after spiritual things. Compliment. Second thing he did, he quoted their own poets, the Greek poets, to prove his point about Jesus. He quoted their poets. He did his homework. He knew the territory. Paul knew what he was doing. And I read that story and I think, you know, I want to be a pastor like that. Not just to this church, but to the people of Palestine as a whole. I want to be adaptable and flexible like that. I don't want to be an old dog who can't learn new tricks. Right? We've only been here for 10 days, I think, maybe, in Palestine. We've had a chance to kind of get out and explore. Some of you have given us some uh, tips on some good restaurants to eat at and not eat at. And, you know, so we've, we've, we've kind of put out some feelers. You want to know my honest opinion, my first impression of Palestine? Y'all are nice. Like, really, really nice. Every place that I have been in, every gas station, every convenience store, every grocery store, everywhere I have gone, the employees of those places have said, welcome, we're so glad you're here. When we leave, they say, thank you for shopping with us. I've had customers hold the door for us in just about every single place, right? And when they find out that we are new to Palestine, they even up the ante and they are extra, extra nice. Y'all are nice people. We have received more free things here in 10 days than I think I have probably received anywhere. Uh, I had a flat tire, and I had to go get it fixed. Palestine Tire fixed it and said no charge. Why no charge? Yeah, just because it's free. Okay. We went to Tractor Supply to get some stuff. On our way out, they said, hey, do you all want some tomato plants and some jalapeno pepper plants and some bell peppers to grow? They're free. You can have them if you want. Okay, sure. <laughs> I went to the snow cone place and got to talking about, you know, what we're doing in town. They said, by the way, the snow cone is on us. Be blessed. Go on your way. Y'all are nice people. Now listen, Onalaska is a different city. Not that they're not nice there. I probably have some Onalaska people watching on Facebook today. I love y'all. You're super nice. They are super nice. But it's a different vibe there. You go to Onalaska to live on the lake, right? You get into your home. You enjoy your backyard looking over the lake. You're there to relax. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a different vibe. Churches, the churches are a different vibe too. 
you know, at Onalaska, this outfit was part of the territory. It came with the territory. It was somewhat expected. Very traditional services there. Hymns with piano. Piano and hymns out of the, out of the hymn book, right? Every single one. Community, uh, communion with full liturgy every single Sunday. This came with the territory. Now, this is my first Sunday here, but I've seen Trey and his flannel. And so I'm beginning to suspect this might be out of place here. Am I right? Has Trey ever worn a robe? And Okay, so the first thing I want to do is get rid of some of this stuff. If you'll give me a moment, okay? Just give me a moment. Mark, I'm not going to take your seat. I'll just, I'll just put it right here. Okay. There we go. Look, we can we can we can roll up the sleeves a little bit. Right? Okay. Man, it's hot. It's hot. We can eat, we can even, I can, can I untuck? Is that okay? Tuck a little bit. Okay, now the last piece to this puzzle, you know, this is like, this is like uh, Superman Clark Kent stuff, right? He's got the glasses, the glasses are on, he's Clark Kent, glasses off, he's, he's Superman. Watch this, look. Look at that. Comes right out. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Listen, here's what I want you all to know. I want to be flexible and adaptable like Paul and like Bishop Jones said we need to be. And I want to be dedicated to this church. And I want to be a good minister to you all. I want to serve you well. And so that means for me, I want to learn what drives you. I want to learn what makes you tick. I, I want to know what you love and why you love it so that I can learn to love it too. But I also want you to know this is not just my job, right? This is not just the job of preacher alone. This is the task for all of us. Because Paul also wrote a letter to the church at Philippi. And in that letter, he spoke directly to the people in the congregation. And he said, Philippians 2.4, Look not only into your own interests, but also into the interests of others. Have you heard that verse? It's probably been on a bumper sticker somewhere. Don't just look into your own interests. Care about what other people care about around you. Church is what he says. And I think this is part of our calling. As followers of Jesus, we are not to be silos of private faith. We are in this together. We have a mission here in Palestine to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And to do that, that means we've got to get out there. It means we've got to be flexible and adaptable. It means we've got to learn what the people value and meet them where they are. We have to be open to embracing new ideas and learning new things, looking into the interests of others and caring about what people care.
care about. If you're a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, this comes with the territory. It's not optional. Now, I realize I don't know Grace Church a whole lot. Maybe you already have been doing this. This might be part of who you are as a church, that you are already hitting the pavement, meeting people where they are. I know that you've got a lot of ministries and things that bring people in from the city and, and surrounding area of Palestine. So maybe it's me that needs to get caught up to you. I realize that. But what I'm trying to say is that I know that this Methodist pastor change thing can be hard. And I know that I'm not Trey. And I'm not going to try to be Trey. I'm going to be myself. And I have my own opinions and thoughts on things like worship and missions and discipleship and outreach. But I'm not going to come in like a bulldozer and say, it's my way. So you all flex or, right? It's not going to be that way. There may be some changes that come down the road, and I expect some changes because I think the Holy Spirit is alive and active in this place. And so I fully expect God to lead us into this new season, whatever that looks like. But in the meantime, I just want to listen. I just want to pay attention. I just want to sit with you all and get to know you and find out who are you as a church and how can I become part of that? So I ask you to be patient with me. Give me a chance. I ask you to be open with me. Talk to me. Tell me who you are, how you feel, so that I can be a better pastor to you. And then together, let's be that for the community. This is our calling. This is our task. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the challenge that you have set before us, not just me, but us as a church, as Grace Church is called to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this place full of nice people. Because there are needs here, real needs. There are people who have walked away from the church because they have been hurt by the church. There are people who know nothing about Jesus and need to know. And you have called us to be those people. But we recognize that we've got to know our territory. And so help us to do that. If we are already doing that, thank you. Help us to be better at it. Help me as a minister to be a servant to these people so that we can be effective together. Lord, we recognize uh, the difficulty of this task that you had placed before us, but we also recognize that you would not ask us to do anything that you do not equip us for. And so we thank you in advance and look for that equipping. We say, Holy Spirit, come, fill us, fill this place, empower us for the task ahead, for the work ahead, and may you be glorified in all that we do. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Well, it's been good first Sunday with y'all. Thank you. Will you grab the hand of the person next to you? Now, I'm probably going to give the same blessing every Sunday, okay? So get used to this. I say it because I believe it's true. Receive this blessing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May you know that you are perfectly loved, you are completely forgiven, and you are uniquely empowered. Now you're called to go out into the world and live as God's faithful children. And as you go, may you know there is nothing you can do that would make God love you any less. There's nothing you can do that would make God love you any more because God's love for you is not based on your performance. It is based on His amazing grace. And by grace, He says, Beloved, I know everything there is to know about you, and I still think you are the best of the best of the best. Can you imagine what tomorrow would look like if you left here believing that? It might just be a brand new beginning. It's in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please take that good word and go from this place in peace. Amen.